Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 89 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all earn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please subscribe in your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. There were no big games out last week, but the games coming out this week include Aground, Little Nightmares 2, Death Crown, On the Road, The Truck Simulator, Rover Wars, Battle for Mars, and Endurance Space Action. Some new games for Xbox Game Pass were also announced this past week. Out now, as of February 4th, you can play Ghost of a Tale on PC, Project Winter with Xbox Game Pass on console, PC, and mobile, The Falconeer on mobile, console, and PC, on February 11th, you can play Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age on console and PC, Jurassic World Evolution on mobile and console, Stealth Inc. 2 A Game of Clones on mobile and console, and Wolfenstein Youngblood on mobile. Now onto last week's biggest news stories, and we have seven to cover this week. Number one, MLB The Show 21 announced for Xbox and PlayStation. Matt Persil at IGN writes, MLB The Show, the latest installment of the PlayStation-exclusive baseball series from Sony first-party developer San Diego Studio, has been announced for both PlayStation and Xbox consoles. Launching on April 20th, it will be available across both generations, with PS4 Xbox One's versions retailing at $59.99, and the next-gen versions at $69.99. The advent of a new platform for the game also means cross-platform play and cross-progression has been introduced, meaning the MLB The Show 21 players can carry progression between both PlayStation and Xbox platforms, as well as play multiplayer with all players on both console families. While the regular edition is the only one to be shown so far, the artwork does show off this year's cover athlete, Fernando El Nino Tadis Jr. This won't come as a surprise as to some fans, the cover was leaked last week as well as the Xbox version. Now this is the leading story as obviously, as I mentioned in the story, this is a PlayStation exclusive baseball series coming to Xbox for the first time. Back in 2020, it was announced that through some deal that we don't have too much details on, that the MLB The Show series would be going cross-platform and not becoming a PlayStation exclusive anymore. It's pretty crazy to see the PlayStation Studios logo on the cover of an Xbox game. I'm really happy for all my friends who are baseball fans and the millions out there that game on Xbox and haven't had access to the MLB The Show series. As a top-tier sports franchise, I personally don't love baseball, but Simulation Baseball is now coming to Xbox for all of you to enjoy. Number 2. Perfect Dark Design Director Departs Xbox as the Initiative Studio Alex Calvin at BG247 writes, Murray says he wants to focus on his personal life. One of the top developers on the rebooted Perfect Dark is leaving the project. Design director Drew Murray announced his departure from the studio in a thread on Twitter saying that he was bidding Microsoft's The Initiative Studio farewell in order to focus more on his personal life. He joined the developer back in November 2018 having previously worked at Ratchet & Clank Studio Insomniac for over a decade. Quote, after two wild years helping start the initiative and rebooting Perfect Dark, it's time for me to say a tearful and bittersweet goodbye to my team at the initiative. It's been extraordinary working shoulder to shoulder with such a talented and experienced team, many of whom are great friends now, but my life outside of work needs more attention and headspace than I've been able to give it lately, so I'm stepping down from my role. Mystery surrounded the project when I joined the studio, I didn't know what kind of game it was, I didn't know it was going to be a perfect dark, and I didn't know anyone on the team. My silver lining to all of this is that I'm exciting to joining the screaming masses of Perfect Dark on launch day to experience the game, end quote, Murray says. Microsoft set up the initiative in the summer of 2018 with hints emerging that the Santa Monica-based studio is working on a new Perfect Dark project. 
The game was officially announced at the Game Awards 2020, with developers including Murray saying that the aim was to differentiate it from other shooters on the market. Quote, one of the things we thought about how to differentiate what we call spy fighting versus what you'd see in a traditional first-person shooter, end quote, Murray said. The Initiative Studio, and now Perfect Dark, is one of the most exciting things coming from Xbox in the coming time. This was set up as the Quadruple A Studio, and it is sad to see Murray depart. If there is a silver lining to this at all, it seems like that he wasn't leaving for bad reasons, he just wants to focus on his home and personal life. I bid him farewell and good luck on his journey. Number 3, Mass Effect Legendary Edition May Release Date Announced Jonathan Dornbush at IGN writes, For those looking to re-experience the acclaimed trilogy or jump in for the first time, EA and Bioware have announced that the Mass Effect Legendary Edition Collection will be available worldwide on May 14th for PC via Origin and Steam, PS4 and Xbox One. While there won't be a specific next-gen versions available, the Legendary Edition will be available to play on PS5 and Series X and S via backwards compatibility. EA has confirmed that the Legendary Edition includes the single-player content for Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 3, along with more than 40 pieces of downloadable content including story expansions, weapons, and armor packs, and all the content will be playable in 4K Ultra HD with HDR, according to EA. The entire collection includes remastered character models and tens of thousands of buff-revs textures, improvements to shaders in VFX, updated lighting and improved dynamic shadows, volumetrics, and depth of field. According to the announcement, with pre-rendered cinematics are also enhanced. Specifically for the original Mass Effect, EA announced it will have a comprehensive world-building enhancements with added detail and depth to locations like Eden Prime, Elos, and Pharos, alongside improved interfaces and UI, plus a ton of quality-of-life additions. EA has also confirmed that the original Mass Effect's combat and exploration have been modernized with better aiming, squad controls and behavior, Mako handling, and cameras. Character creator options will also work across all three games, and those creations options include improved and expanded selection of hair, makeup, and skin tone options, with Female Shepard from Mass Effect 3 becoming the default Femme Chef option for all three games. As a huge Mass Effect franchise fan, and Mass Effect 2 being one of my top three favorite games of all time, I cannot wait to jump back into this Legendary Edition. The last time I played the games was I played the entire trilogy leading into Mass Effect Andromeda, and well, everyone pretty much knows how Andromeda turned out. I didn't hate it, but it took 80 hours for me to love it after I pretty much did every piece of content in the game. And I gotta say, if people have avoided the franchise up till this point, I'm extremely jealous for you to experience it like this for the first time. It's gonna be one hell of a journey. Number 4. EA Sports is making a new college football video game. ONS Good at Polygon writes, EA Sports' beloved college football video game is coming back. Electronic Arts on Tuesday announced that development is underway on a new franchise titled EA Sports College Football. While the publisher did not offer a release window and said in a news release that it was announcing the expected return of its college series, the company did say the game would have more than 100 institutions, featuring the logos, stadiums, uniforms, game day traditions, and more that fans have come to know and love. Importantly though, it will not feature the real names, images, or likeness of current college football players. The unauthorized use of players' likeness is what led to the cancellation in 2013 of EA's original NCAA football series. When EA Sports, the CLC, and the NCAA settled the class action claim brought by former players for $60 million. The last entry in EA's previous college football franchise was NCAA Football 14, which was released in July of 2013. In intervening years, individual schools have cameoed in the career modes of EA Sports Madden NFL and 2K Sports NBA 2K Series, but not the full 130 members of the NCAA's top football classification, there are more in college basketball. The NCAA itself has discussed the changing existing rules that prohibit college football and basketball players from being compensated for the use of their names, images, and likeness while playing for their school. EA said that it and CLC are continuing to watch those developments closely. 
Tuesday's statement specified that the agreement makes EA Sports the exclusive maker of simulation college football video game experiences on console platforms. Quote, we've heard from the millions of passionate fans requesting the return of college football video games, end quote, said Cam Weber, executive vice president and general manager for American football products at EA Sports, and also a former college quarterback. Obviously, this is huge news for millions of fans across America. College football is huge here, and there are people that are still playing NCAA Football 14. Now, I'm a huge NFL fan, and for some reason just never got into college football, but I understand why everyone loves the series and the games. They absolutely need to find a way to compensate the players for the likeness, it's going to be really boring and dull if they can't, and people are just going to make workarounds through mods to use and get their likeness in the games anyway. EA, the NCAA, and the CLC absolutely need to find a way to compensate players, get their likeness in the games, so these college players can make just a little bit of money on their likeness when the schools, the coaches, and all the staff get to make millions and millions off of them playing. Number 5. Don't expect Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 to launch in 2021. Rebecca Valentine at IGN writes, Activision Blizzard isn't planning on launching either Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 in 2021, the publisher told shareholders today. In today's earnings call following the full fiscal year results for 2020, Activision Blizzard noted to investors that its financial plans for the coming year do not include the launch of either game. The publisher went on to specify that it also wasn't including the upcoming title Diablo Immortals in its projections for the year, however it said that the mobile game was progressing well and anticipated it would launch this year. Both Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 were announced over a year ago at BlizzCon 2019, but few details about either game have been shared since then. It seems like fans are eagerly awaiting Diablo 4 more than Overwatch 2, but for now you guys are going to have to wait some more. I would expect Overwatch 2 to launch in early 2022, followed by Diablo 4 hopefully next year for all the fans out there. Number 6. Embracer Group acquires Borderlands maker Gearbox Entertainment for $1.3 billion. Dean Takahashi at Games Beat writes, Borderlands maker Gearbox Entertainment said the Embracer Group is acquiring the AAA game studio for up to $1.3 billion. The Frisco, Texas-based Gearbox will become a wholly-owned subsidiary of the Carlson Sweden-based company. The transaction gives Gearbox access to new capital to help it make more games and become a significant part of the Embracer Group, which now has 5,500 employees around the world. Now, it is adding Gearbox's team of 550 in Frisco, Texas, and the Quebec City, Canada to its roster. Gearbox will become Embracer Group's 7th operating group. Embracer Group has made headlines in November when its buying spree surged. The company announced it had acquired 12 game studios and a PR firm in a single day. And at the same time the Embracer Group announced the Gearbox deal, it also said it was buying EasyBrain, a mobile game maker in Cyprus, for $640 million. Over the years, Gearbox has worked on the Borderlands and Brother in Arms franchises, and it helped with the development of Half-Life, Counter-Strike, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, 007 James Bond, and Halo. The Gearbox team has developed and engaged a plan for immediate and long-term growth that includes the expansion of talent at both studios, the creation of new Gearbox studios, and expanded partnerships. This merger enables Gearbox to do more with its existing brands, create new ones, and potentially undertake the merger and acquisition of other successful industry and industry-adjacent entities and properties. Big news is Embracer Group, people may know as THQ Nordic, just continues to buy and buy more studios. This clearly is one of the biggest ones they've made, at least in the AAA space where they primarily buy in AA. This is also particularly interesting as there was a lot of rumbling earlier this week that Microsoft was actually looking into purchasing Gearbox, but I guess the deal never made it through. I was a huge fan of Borderlands 1. I probably played the first 10 hours of Borderlands 2 like 5 times. For some reason, never beat it and just haven't played Borderlands 3. Good games, just haven't had the time. And number 7, Ubisoft pushes back Prince of Persia Remake once again. Alex Calvin at VG247 writes, The title was set to launch in March, but now doesn't have a release date. 
French publisher Ubisoft has decided to delay its remake of Prince of Persia The Sands of Time for a second time. The news was revealed via the game's official Twitter account with the development team saying that the title will be launching at a later date. Announced back in September, the Prince of Persia remake was initially set for a January release, but was bumped until March. Quote, it is with your passion and support that it is driving our development team to make the best game possible. With that said, we have made the decision to shift the release for Prince of Persia The Sands of Time remake to a later date. This extra development time will enable our teams to deliver a remake that feels fresh while remaining faithful to the original. Prince of Persia The Sands of Time remake is set to release on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. It is being developed by Ubisoft's Poon and Mumbai Studios. I know people have a lot of nostalgia for the series which pretty much turned into Assassin's Creed. I never played it myself, but unfortunately everyone's going to have to wait a lot longer to play this game. But a delayed game is always better than a bad game released unfinished. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and given the news surrounding Gearbox and Halo, let's just drop in a little history lesson on the studio. Gearbox Software is a video game developer founded by Randy Pitchford, Stephen Ball, Landon Montgomery, Brian Martle, and Rob Heronius in January of 1999. They are located in Plano near Dallas, Texas. Gearbox was responsible for the PC port of Halo Combat Evolved and the making of Halo Custom Edition. Adding on to this little fun fact, for those who didn't know, after Bungie left Microsoft, Gearbox almost ended up making Halo 4 instead of the creation of 343 and then making the game. It's so interesting to think of what could have been from the Borderlands developers making the next Halo game and if they'd still be making the franchise today. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast service, share with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I've just continued to jump into Call of Duty Warzone, and I'm working my way through the medium. It's not a great game, but it's a perfectly okay game to play on Game Pass since it's kind of free through your subscription. My name is Brandon Rose. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. I hope you all have a great week, and keep on gaming.